Hello everyone and welcome to the Higher Self Being You podcast with me, Stefan Mullen, a place where we will be discussing being you and the energy you want to attract. Welcome to episode 8 everyone, uh, happy new year to you all, wishing you a uh, a year of prosperity, health and happiness going forward. Hope I'm sure there's plenty of sore heads today as well. Uh, I hope there's plenty of sore heads today, everybody celebrating. Uh, it's that time of year again where people are starting to set goals and things like that. So uh, I think this is a really good time for this episode to, to come out. And hopefully like there's a few hangover heads listening to it today as well. So Thank you once again for all your correspondence on last month's episode with Leanne Uckard, where she had spoke to me about body confidence and how liberate that felt to pose in front of a camera with other strong-minded women from around Scotland. Leanne's episode, again, had oozed confidence and good energy, and she really is the inspirational friend that we all need in our lives. I have also had the absolute pleasure to release the special episode where I spoke with James McGrath of Stevie J International. James is also uh, an integral part of the Jive and Gym in Ireland and the Passing Through website which you can find on Facebook where he speak, spoke to me really in depth about the, the power of our words and how we talk to ourselves and others. Uh, again, two very, very powerful episodes. If you haven't already heard them, have a wee listen in. If you would like to get in touch with me, please feel free to do so. You can do this by emailing on higherselfbeingyou at gmail.com. Your correspondence, once again, is always welcome and I really, really appreciate it. And also, please don't forget to download, tell your friends, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well under Higher Self Being You. So from the, the previous two episodes with Leanne and James, I personally took away quite a lot from two very powerful individuals in their own right and two very uh, two very different stories. Uh, but again, a lot that I could take away and relate to it. So just Leanne's speaking about obviously that body shaming, speaking about insecurities and standing up there and basically... Uh, with a, a number of other women that had different challenges in their life and they, they utilised that opportunity to try and empower other women and even other males out there as well. Uh, I think it was a very, very powerful episode and I think everybody can relate to having their own insecurities, their own doubts and things like that in their own life. So I think that was, for me, a very, very touching episode because it, it really resonated with how... I would think as well, uh, really resonated with that insecurities, how do you overcome challenges, how do you overcome the, that little sort of, if you've ever read the chimp paradox, you've got that little chimp in the back of your head constantly screaming you can't do something. You've also got the, the episode with James McGrath, uh, again James spoke quite a bit about the power of our words, how we, we speak to ourselves, what we tell ourselves. Uh, we spoke a bit about the, the words like anxiety, depression, suicide, things that I'm sure many people can resonate with. Uh, these words we constantly maybe tell ourselves, I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm an anxious person. Uh, and again, very similar, if you're thinking like I'm big boned and stuff like that, you hear personal trainers now basically calling that such a, a myth really. Uh, it's not about being big boned 
everybody can lose weight unless there's a sort of circumstantial thing there that is obviously preventing such as an illness or a disease or something that maybe prevents somebody from losing weight as easily uh, but again just that power of words power of things that we tell ourselves uh, like if we constantly tell ourselves about we lack in this we lack in that then we're just attracting that lack into our lives so again really 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 powerful episodes with both Leanne and James new year uh 2022 woohoo and we're, we're obviously now talking about christmas having come and gone did you get to enjoy yourself let your hair down uh people probably thinking about their goals again one of the ones that always seems to rear its head at this time of the year is new year new me in the gym uh and again i think the next episode is really really powerful in terms of supporting that uh and how to maybe manage that going forward so as we, we start the new year of 2022, we can find that the, the pressure begins to build uh, where we start to try and think about better versions of ourselves, improving growth. And again, that Christmas weight, Christmas drink that I'm sure a lot of us are going to be getting tucked into. Uh, so as we start the, the new year of 2022, we I'm sure we can all think of the, the pressure where it begins to build a bit in terms of we want to improve, we want to get better and I think that's where we, we want all our goals to come through in January uh, and I think one of the very powerful things is the the episode with show is really speaking about the, the process rather than the, the actual like uh, setting of the goal and stuff like that so the process is more important because motivation does dip in and out so the older I get the more pressure I see myself put on myself and put on me again by societal beliefs and whatnot and for me personally i think personal strength and growth should be something that we we look and strive for all year round rather than just in january time and um, without further ado my next guest is the wonderful show Vige, who i'd like to consider a modern online health and fitness coach and show prides himself on his work on encouraging his clients to have a life transformation rather than just a diet transformation, which I think is very, very important. Uh, show speaks about how diets don't tend to work in the long run. Uh, they might work in that short sort of sharp burst. But again, if you're looking for something that is much more feasible and manageable, then show is going to speak about that as well. So he's going to speak also a bit about what it was like growing up in Derry, a bit about uh, racism as well. And I must reiterate that this episode is not only about diets we do speak a bit about nutrition and things like that but it's about encouraging us to be the best version of ourselves and to also educate us about the the foods we eat so i hope you enjoy so as we start the the new year of 2022 we can find the the pressure begins to build to try and better ourselves uh obviously coming into january it's always the the same sort of saying for everybody new year new me uh, I think we're getting away from that now and starting to realise that a bit more that it should be a 365 day of the year type approach rather than just this go in January and that's it. So again, getting into Christmas, time for us to enjoy ourselves and have a couple of beers, maybe quite a lot of food, sweets, stuff like that. So I've, I've seen a few posts by show himself in terms of the, the sweets and things like that. So show the... 
the the older I get, the more pressure I see myself like around those type of barriers in terms of losing weight, getting into a, a healthier lifestyle, especially as you start having kids and things like that. Like I just feel as if I'm always thinking now about my health and I'm always like, right, what can I do to to improve that? So uh, for me personally, I think personal strength and growth should be something that we we strive for all year round rather than just here and there or in January time. Uh, so my next guest is the wonderful, amazing Show Vige, who I'd like to consider a, a modern online health and fitness coach. And basically Show prides himself on his work on encouraging his clients to have a life transformation and not just really a diet transformation. Show speaks about how diets don't work. Uh, they might in that sort of initial short sharp burst of losing weight and things like that but it's not something that can be maintained over longer periods so having a plan for your health is vital and what it was like growing up in dairy and things like that as well so show welcome to the, the higher self being you podcast thanks very much Stefan. really appreciate it and uh i'm buzzing to be on board here and uh get a good chit chat with you amazing thank you show so so just before we get started, I must reiterate as well that this episode for the, the listeners is not all about diets or body shaming. It is more about encouraging us to be the best version of ourselves and also to try and educate us about the types of foods we eat. So, Sho, could you start off by telling me a bit about your, your work as a fitness coach and how that differs from that of a personal trainer? Yeah, sure, Stefan. So basically, I like to encourage um, lifestyle change. So when I work with someone, I want to change their life for good rather than just like short term. So basically, in a nutshell, like I would help like individuals who are like stuck and struggling to basically build a body they're proud of, skyrocket their confidence levels and energy levels and help them build a, that unstoppable mindset as well. So anything life throws at them, like they can take it on pretty much with ease. And um, what makes me sort of different to your typical PT in the gym would be like, I work with my clients to build healthy habits with them. I work with them. I don't really like tell them what to do, so to speak. And um, there's a lot of coaching involved there. So I build them up in that way so they can, whatever we do, um, whatever way they're coached, they can like sustain this, sustain them changes for the rest of their life so they can get in shape and ideally stay in shape because at the end of the day, that's what we want to do. We don't want to do like an eight-week, 10-week, 12-week transformation where we're put on a diet, we're trained in the gym till we're nearly sick, and um, we just finish our 10-week transformation, then we re regain the weight. We want to do like a body confidence mindset transformation that change our lives forever. And like I mentioned there, Stefan, the typical PT, as I'm sure you're aware yourself, like we'll give basically all, all of their clients the same diet plan that's bored, boring, it's bland, it's chicken, broccoli, and they work with their clients really on a short-term basis to get their transfer, transformation pictures, and it's like, right, see you later type of thing, and there's no, like, no coaching involved in there, there's no um, healthy habits that are built up, and then the client has no choice, but after, let's say, a 10-week transformation to then revert to what they know, which is default, and that's uh, reverting back to their unhealthy habits because they haven't been coached in any way. So the weight just creeps back on again. And they're actually in, even in a worse position than when they started as they may gain more weight than they initially have actually lost because there's no guidance to set them up for long-term changes. And I think as well, Shu, like I'm, I'm a qualified uh, careers coach. So I get that coaching approach. Like I would rather somebody 
coached me to obviously educate myself and be better at doing something rather than just saying, go do 100 burpees, go do 100 star jumps, eat chicken and broccoli. I, I've done those type of diets before and I've never sustained them for long periods. Now, that's not me saying, like, I do not diss anybody that obviously goes on to programs and stuff because everybody's got their own uh, unique rationale or reasoning for doing that. But for me personally, I feel the majority it does not work for because it's fine if you're going to do bodybuilding shows and things like that. Obviously, there's a specific type of prep, but I think there's been a lot of loss of translation there between the fact that what you do as a bodybuilder or what you do as going specifically into just trying to change your lifestyle. So when I've been to personal trainers before, again, they're, they've got good experience. They can get me through that program, but it's not really a program I've really wanted in myself. And I've just had to be educated myself. They realize that more along the way, because personally, I'd rather that lifestyle sustainability, just lifestyle choice changes rather than doing it for 12 weeks, being out like a thousand quid, then coming back there again in a year, two years time, because I just feel like I'm sort of going around in circles. Whereas if it's just like maybe getting more water in the meat during the day and stuff, those small lifestyle choices are obviously so much more powerful. You spoke a bit about their show, getting your energy levels up and your your confidence. Can you tell me a bit more about that, please? Yeah, sure. So basically, I find like when a lot of people come to me, they're not really prioritizing certain things. Like obviously the food we intake and into our systems is playing a part in our energy levels. And obviously sleep's a massive factor as well. When someone comes to me, I find them two things are two big factors that they're like suffering on. And basically we'd, we'd, we'd improve like their sleep routine, see how many hours they're getting, are they getting good sleep? And like, obviously with building up like a bit of exercise and activity, that's gonna further energize you as well, along with your nutrition choices. So using all them like facets and building them gradually up, that's gonna lead to the person having a lot more energy. Therefore, they're gonna be more productive, get more stuff done and they're gonna be they're going to be a better person to be around as well. Yeah, I, th- I think, again, it's you've hit the nail on the, the head there. Like, you want to surround yourself by that positive energy and be around people that obviously help lift you up and stuff like that. Now, that this is a thing. We, we can't talk about motivation as being something that is always there. I was on a, a call recently with Ollie Allerton, and he spoke about motivation not actually being something that we should be aiming for, but actually focusing more on the process. Uh, because obviously if, if you lose motivation, then you fall out of these diets and you fall out of plans and stuff like that. Whereas if you have a proper plan and structure in place, you've got more of a purpose and then you're going to continuously strive to, to achieve that really. So Sho, could you tell me a bit as well of what got you into this industry? Yeah. So basically um it's quite a kind of funny story, I'd say. So I was, um, I used to live in Eglinton there. So basically there used to be a gym in Eglinton. My, my brother used to work there uh, on reception. So basically he went away to uni. So he recommended me. So I just automatically got the job. There wasn't like any interview or anything. So I started, that's when I first like experienced like the gym environment. So as reception and there, I would help people with inductions and stuff. And it sort of like piqued my interest um, and like, being healthier and like being able to change your body shape and stuff. Yeah. 
so I got into it that way, and then that then led me to the route of like doing my I done my I didn't know what I wanted to do after my GCSEs. I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life at all. Um, I then went and just done my A levels, done got a C, E, and a U in my A levels, so done really poorly. Um, then I had a keen interest in sports, so I was just thinking, right, uh, let's go do sports science here at Northwest Regional College, which is um, tech. So went there, done that for two years, and through that period of time, I was thinking, personal training something I would like to get into here. So I then completed two years. I got a DDM, so Distinction, Distinction Merit. So I actually performed well in something I was interested in. Yeah. Um, I felt that was the only real thing I was good at is like sports and like something fitness related. So I thought I'll go down that route. So finished tech, went to uni, uh, done sports and exercise science. So went to uni thinking, right, I know I want to be a PT, but if that doesn't work out, I will have like a sports and exercise science degree to like fall back on. So went to uni, got that done, and then basically started personal training in December, I think it was. December 2013 is when I started my career as a PT, and I've been doing that to present present day basically, so for eight years. And like, so see with the, the obviously being a, a personal trainer or working in the, the health industry, what would you say are the, the most common themes of clients coming through your, your door? You mean like uh, sort of biggest like str- struggle or struggles type of thing? Is that what yeah, you so like if, if I was... If I was a client really of yours and I, I was or say I was reaching out to you in the first instance to to try and speak to you about helping me, is there a general theme in terms of what what is mainly the big issues? Because it seems to me that every PT I hear these days or see on social media, a lot of people, if not the majority of people, are approaching them based on confidence or their their mental mental well-being. Yeah, I would find two or three things when people come to me, I find like you touched on earlier there, Steph, and a lot of people rely on motivation. That would be a number one thing. And the second thing is people really struggle with their eating in regards to not finding a plan that suits them and sets them up for life. Um, so that, that would be the two main things. And a lot of people also, number three, that you touched on as well, Steph, and mentioned about their mental health and well-being, that they're not feeling good on a daily basis in themselves and about themselves. So them three things would be the big things. And just to touch on motivation as well there, Stefan, um, like every day we do something, like even as a coach, like every day I wake up, I know what I'm doing and stuff, but I'm not motivated every single day. Athletes aren't motivated every single day. It's on them days motivation is low that you just need to grind and sort of get it done. And you get, that's, that's easy to do when you build up healthy habits because then you also build up like discipline as well. So on them low motivation days, because them healthy habits are built, because you've built up that discipline, it's no problem. You still get it done. Yes, it's a grind, but that's where the results are, like getting it done on them low motivation days. High motivation days, everything's rosy and dandy. It's easy. Everything's easy. Yeah. And like in regards to like the second problem where people just, I think people are used to doing diets, are used to banning alcohol, junk food, sweeties, chocolates, and they just haven't found that balance with food to get them to where they want to be. Yeah, and I think that that's a is a good point to make because I think like for me personally, it's never a case of eating a biscuit here or there. My problem is when I pick up a pack of biscuits, I end up eating the whole packet. So I, th- I think that's where again you mentioned discipline, having that discipline to to obviously say right, 
have had enough. And what for somebody to have that discipline, what type of processes would you tell them to to obviously try and maintain? So in regards to like um, if they're struggling with like eating and like eating a certain amount of a certain food, is that would be sort of like a trigger food type of thing? Is that? Yeah. So like I know one of the ways that I find quite easy to obviously keep me on track with what I'm eating is obviously using the MyFitnessPal app, which is quite a, a big thing out there. Now, do I like sitting down every single day and tracking my calories and stuff? No, but my fitness pal it's handy because obviously you scan a barcode it's under your calendar your diary and you know sort of what you're you're eating uh, and i think for me one of the big questions would be like what processes do you have there like would you recommend my fitness pal or would you recommend other things as well yeah i would recommend my fitness pal and like i work with someone i like them i like for them to track their food like i would work out their calories based on like their age their stats uh, whether like how active they are during the day um stuff like that there so it's personally worked out to them so my fitness pal is something i get all my clients to use and the thing with my fitness pal you mentioned steph and it's not something you particularly want to do yeah. but you know it's gonna benefit you so it's only a problem if you see it as a problem um i also track my foot as well um and i find like once you explain to someone why you're doing it as in like it's going to help you realize where you have been going wrong it's going to educate you a lot on the calories and portion sizes and foods you have been eating and you will be eating. And therefore, you'll be able to like build them healthy habits up and obviously sustain it as well. You're going to learn a lot from tracking your food on my fitness pal, And that's something I get all my clients to do. And uh, yeah, that's why they get such good results. <laughs> yeah. And I think, it, to be honest, you like, I would approach this looking at it as a as a sort of cure. And what I mean by that is because for me, we we seem to have these sort of societal beliefs or like our culture has brought us up. They believe that if we have a cure or something materialistic, we should treat it with respect. And I think I know so many people that treat their cures better than they treat themselves. And just a, an example, like, this week I went and I had to spend a thousand pound because of an engine problem with the car and the exhaust falling off the car. It's actually not a bad car, but all these things were happening. And I found a way to obviously fund that and pay to get the car sorted. When it comes to my health, obviously my health should be the priority, but I'm getting more mindful nowadays that actually I don't always keep it as a priority. I might, detour and they like uh, focusing on other people too much or I might focus too much on my car for example and that that's sort of my little like analogy that I've started using to keep myself from right like do you know what I, I can quite easily go and invest in a car here why can't I go and invest in myself uh, and I think one of the big things that I hear and I've always said it myself with personal trainers is obviously Oh, so much money, very costly. What would your mindset be around a personal trainer or a fitness instructor being costly? So I think you've hit the nail on the head there, Steph. And if your car breaks down tomorrow, you're going to find the funds needed to get that car repaired because you you need that car. And people just it's 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 a weird one in regards to mindset, like because like a car is an example, but they yet like people buy like designer clothes, handbags lipstick get their makeup and nails done every week 
but like they're not looking after themselves. Um, it's, it's, it's a big mindset type of thing, and I think it comes with time and people having to have that realization almost themselves over time. Um, I find like a lot of people come to me, like have that realization over time, and they were the people that would like spend money on their children, no problem, um, spend money on this, on that, on like. Something like something happened to your house, or there's a leak, or your car, they're going to fix it. I think that's something people, in a way, have to sort of have a mindset shift themselves over time and realize like their health is something that they really, really want to work on and really prioritize. I think it's sort of a thing people will come to realization with almost themselves over time, just yeah, your question. <laughs> yeah, I think like I, I always say to my, my wife and to my kid and stuff like that, and even friends, your health is your wealth. And basically that, that's how I try to approach my life now. Like my health's my wealth. If if I notice my health sort of maybe not going the way I want it, then I'll try and do something about it. it it's very similar to a car again. If I come back to that car analogy, if I'm driving a car and it's coming up saying the oil's low, I'm not going to continue driving it until it burns out. I'm going to go and put oil in it and obviously give the, the engine what it needs. So if I can do that for a car, and honestly, I'm pretty sure if I added up how much cars have cost me since I've started driving uh, from 18 to now 31, I, I could have had a mortgage paid off without a doubt. Like it, It's crazy because of the, the amount that you spend in cars, tax, MOT, and obviously parts and stuff like that as well. So... Uh, we'll, we'll come back, we'll move away from the analogy show because I, I don't want to end up talking about cars too much and stuff. So, Following on from that, Stefan, um, what I would ask people to do is not how much will it cost, cost you like to upgrade your health and fitness, how much, is it, how much is it costing you to stay where you are? How much is it costing you um, in regards to how your relationship's going with your mood swings? low energy levels, low sex drive. Your kids are watching you not be active. Um, they're watching you eat this and that. Like, being a, in regards to being a good role model to your children, how much is it costing you in that respect? Because, like, your kids will... Your kid, whatever you do and your kids look up to you, they will see you as normal, and that's the way they are going to actually grow up and normalise your behaviour, and that's what they are going to do themselves as well. So I think it's very important that you realize like people realize that as well and i think it takes people once again years to sort of realize that but once again it, they just hits a nail on the head one day they just realize everyone just comes to together and they just realize they actually need to make changes yeah i think like show that's a very interesting point you you mentioned there about obviously if you have kids and they they follow on what they see and stuff so do you feel that people's bad eating habits or lack of understanding comes down to like those learned beliefs and the, the lack of education around food and what we're eating no I, I totally agree with you Stefan and then even like at the start of secondary school something like was drip fed like even the basics of like healthy eating and exercise and maybe the role of like protein fats and carbohydrates I think that would be highly beneficial like you say Stefan a lot a lot of what we learn and school isn't applicable to life after school, which yeah. is a bit of a shame. And I do think there's a lot of improvements in the Barca education system where we could bring in stuff about healthy eating, uh, benefits of healthy eating, exercise, and also like the drawbacks, obviously, of like putting on weight and being obese and how, what effect, how that affects your health, like your blood pressure, 
chances of heart disease, diabetes, etc. This goes on and on. When I look back at school, like I would have done PE every day of the week uh, if if I could, but obviously, I understand with the the sort of structure and organisation of it, it's a bit more challenging than that. But I do believe that where there's a will, there's a way. So at the end of the day, I wanted to do most of my time doing sport, whereas like when I was sitting in history class, I was falling asleep. And like, <laughs> I, again, that that's no disrespect to the, the teacher because they're they're educated. They have a passion for what they do. But I if I was in that sort of education system again, like I would be wondering, right, what more could you be doing really here as a, an education system to provide me a, a better platform to sort of springboard myself. Uh, I, I like I, I do think, and having worked in the education system and stuff as well, I do think there's a lot of things that need to be improved there. So when it comes to your your own clients, like how do you educate them on food? In regards to setting a client up, there's three main uh, factors that take place basically. So the first factor, Stephen, would be I set them up like with a personalized plan. The second factor is like coaching. So a lot of like mindset coaching would go on, uh, nutrition coaching, and just lifestyle habit coaching as well. And then the third factor is like having that support and accountability for that client as well. I find like when people come to me, that's three things they're missing. And that's why they haven't like succeeded on their journey so far to date. When when you were growing up, show like have you always had a, an interest? I know you spoke a bit about like your, your brother. And again, it comes back that learned behavior. You've seen what he was doing, went and tried it, fell in love with it, really. And you're, you're, you're here now. I'm sure that hasn't been without its challenges. Uh, everybody, obviously, has succumbed to challenges. How have you overcame the challenges to, to get where you are today? Uh, so, like, even... To be honest, even I was near like 15 stone myself in my late teens and early 20s. Like I really struggled like with my like low confidence. I'd suck my stomach in. I'd wear baggy clothes. Uh, I just felt like shitting myself. I'd comfort it just on a daily basis. Like for breakfast, uh, cream buns and cup of tea every morning, lunch. Supper noodles with three or four slices of bread with ketchup on it, uh, dinner. Standard dinner, waffles, sausages, beans, slice more bread, and then just eating like a king after dinner as well. So, um, yeah, I've been where a lot of people have been. That's what sort of lit the fire as well. Um, that's something I realized very recently that like I like to sort of work with people where I used to be myself, where I used to struggle in a lot of ways and be like a couple of stone overweight as well. Like, fair enough, I've never been like obese, like... Uh, uh, 17, 18, 20 stone, whatever, but like it's, it's still, we still struggle with the same issues. And see as well, show like just as you're, you're explaining there about obviously baggy trousers and things like that. One of the things that I've experienced growing up over the years is you have, say, take uh, personal trainers, for example. You've got some personal trainers saying that weighing yourself is extremely bad for your mindset then you have other personal trainers saying it's actually good weighing yourself regularly as long as you're mindful of the fluctuations that can happen. Like, what, what would your opinion be on obviously, because again, that plays a lot into people's mindsets. Like, I know growing up, I'd have, if I'd have weighed myself, I'd have been like, oh, shit, like I've put on weight and I've been exercising all week. It hasn't hasn't done anything. And it would have 
deflated me. Whereas now I like I weigh myself regularly and I'm like, right, do you know what? Something needs to change here. Is it my water intake and whatnot? So what would your view on that be? Yeah, my view would be on the latter there, Stefan, and actually like educating people on like weighing them every day. I get my clients to weigh on every day and basically take their average for the week. Um, because that's giving you accurate reading rather than like as you say, spikes in water weight because of stress, um, lack of sleep, or you ate a heavy meal last night or extra salt or something like that there. So I like to actually educate my clients and get them to weigh daily and say, right, don't worry, this is okay. We've had a wee spike here. If this is not fat gain, it's water gain, it's probably it could have been because of A, B, C, or D. So I like to use a coaching and education side of things. If a client's like really hates the scales and they really don't want to do it, then I will work with them on that. Um, the scales like also help me. So it gives me extra data point to see as, as a client progressing. Um, but as we know, like it's how you're feeling and how you look that is a main factor when it comes to progress, not what the number says on the scales. And um, I want to also, by the end of the journey, get clients away from using the scales like on a daily basis, because they know there's going to be fluctuations and just, what, not use the scales as much and use the scales very rarely like I do myself I very rarely use the scales um, because I, I don't want to associate uh, a number of the scales with my happiness but I want to let clients know what is actually going on with the fluctuations before I take them away from actually weighing themselves uh, what they do near the end of their journey then as they've been firmly educated by that point yeah and I think that's a super point there in the sense that like obviously having that balance approach so obviously educating again comes back to that education so educating somebody on the scales is not always about the number because you've mentioned earlier about sleep we've spoke a bit about water we spoke about food again whether you've exercised what your energy is like there's a significant number of factors there that would play a, a part into that sort of scale fluctuating so i think my approach, obviously, looking at it before used to be like, oh, shit, this has went up when I've been exercising loads. Whereas now you sort of take it with a pinch of salt, not literally. Uh, don't don't want to get too much salt in my diet. So <laughs> I, I, I basically take it with a pinch of salt and I just be like, you know what? It is what it is. I'll do it again tomorrow. And again, having that mindset and mentality towards something like that, again, it really helps with my, my mindset because, again, I don't want to be falling in that trap of, as you said, reading skills every single day. But again, it is good for that sort of uh, be able to analyze your information in front of you and see what's maybe changing and not working and stuff as well. So, so something else like uh, you used to obviously have a, a more female based clientele. Was, was this like a strategic approach in your career or did you just happen to find that women were more reaching out for the help than men? Yeah, so basically when I started my career and I'm eight years in now, Stefan, I found over my like six, five, six years of me starting uh, of eight I'm and now, uh, I find females would just gravitate towards me asking me for help. So I didn't like advertise to females or anything like that there. It's just something that's happened. Uh, it's just it just happened just and I sort of niched down to females um, like the last couple of years, but recently I've realized like, people's problems that I deal with from where I used to be myself because that's what I'm passionate about it's not gender specific so I'm at, like I work with females and males like yeah. 
recently, the last last few months and onwards, and I will uh, intend to from now on. It's just something I sort of did niche towards females uh, because females naturally seem to gravitate and ask me for help. So I just thought I'd niche. Um, but then I realized like it's not gender specific. So I know like it's male and female. It doesn't matter to me what gender you are. If you're struggling with X, Y, and Z, and I can help you, then we can see what we can do. Yeah, and th- I think as well, like for for me as well, us us men were very very stubborn. Uh, like I think we can learn a lot from our female counterparts in the sense that like asking for help is okay. Like asking for help is good. Like. At the end of the day, I'm going to come back to that car analogy. I wouldn't go to a personal trainer to ask why my car's not working. Uh, I would obviously take it to a mechanic and vice versa. I wouldn't go to a mechanic. They asked about what food I should be eating. So like that's, exactly. that's just my approach. Like I think obviously it, it, it's okay to ask for help and something that you maybe don't have that expertise in. So uh, speaking about expertise, so what, what sort of skills or education have you got to, to obviously become a personal trainer? Yeah, so basically I would have um, done sports science and tech and I would have done sports science and university. So sports science and university is basically level three, which means you can be a personal trainer. Um, I've also done like a, after uni, I've done like a nutritional consultant course. And yeah, I just absolutely smashed that. That was a lot of fun, had to do a presentation and stuff. So yeah, basically having that degree and a nutrition uh, nutritional consultant accreditation as well amazing and so so like in regards to obviously food uh just as a whole it doesn't have to just be in the, the fitness industry when i walk in the supermarkets obviously everything that is bad for your health is basically rammed down your throat with deals and offers and these incredible like oh buy one get 1500 free and what <laughs> whereas like when it comes to the the more sort of healthier better for you type foods obviously they, they sort of hide them away i know they put the the uh, produce really if you like near the the start of the supermarket but before you even get into the supermarket the deals are all there telling you like oh go to aisle five and buy six pot noodles and you'll get another six free or buy one coke get one free and stuff like that so immediately it's for me it's it's quite strategic they're obviously saying well you've got this but here's a better option like what what would your your opinion be on how the the uk and ireland would be advertising what we should eat better yeah i i, I totally agree with you here uh, there Stefan. like um like it's like five snickers for a pound yet like uh even fruits and vegetables like that are more expensive the healthier alter the healthier foods are more expensive than that and i i'm totally against that and i disagree with that and i Thing, let's be honest, it's a disgrace. Like, um, but at the end of the day, we have to take ownership because we we decide what we put into our mouths and then our children's mouths, ideally as well. Um, so it comes to taking ownership. Like, you're going into a supermarket, you know this is that and this is that, and it doesn't mean you have to buy a pile of junk food. Eating healthy isn't expensive. Like, I'll give you an example here, Stefan. Like, people will spend 20, 30 quid in a Domino's just like that and think. Not there's no thought into it, just buying 20, 30 quid. You'll be surprised how much healthy food you can buy in a supermarket for 20 to 30 quid and uh, your lo- local supermarkets like Tesco, Sainsbury's, Long's, Asda, Morrison's, wherever you are, uh, if you're listening to this, um, you'll be surprised what you can buy for such a 
the same amount of money. You're you're getting fed with that takeaway for one night, while you could feed yourself for a week with a healthy food shop, um, or twenty quid or much less even. How sure would you advise people like going forward, like if they're going into the the supermarket, how do you maybe pick up what is healthier options? Because I know again. When you go into a supermarket trying to find a healthy food, you're you're like, right, it's just it's surrounded with so much more options. So if if I go and I the the cabinets as you walk in the Tesco's and stuff, they've got some fruit, but then right beside it, they've got all your chocolate and all your fuzzy drinks and stuff like that. How like that that's fine because it's there, but if you were looking for like milk alternatives and things like that, obviously you have to try and walk around the store and navigate and find things and stuff like that what would be your best advice on staying away from processed foods and picking up the more healthier options um it's, it's, it's we can make simple changes like instead of for example here bacon like most people love bacon instead of buying the bacon with the fat buy bacon medallions instead of buying the full fat sausages maybe buy the reduced fat version um replace like see the junk food side of things it's not something by all means like we want to ban Stefan. so Feel free to pick up like that Snickers for a quid and like um, distribute that over the week. Do you know what I mean? It's not something we want to ban. There's plenty of like healthy alternatives we can. I don't think people aren't stupid either. People know what foods are nutritious and what foods are not so nutritious. Do you know what I mean? People do yeah. know. Um, like you know, like out of fruit and a chocolate bar, we know we know there's sugar and fruit. But like, there's also the fiber and the oxygens and water and stuff as well. We know that's a healthier choice than chocolate. We're we're not like uh, we know that much. We know the difference. If someone puts something in front of you and say, "Is this healthy or un- or is this nutritious or not so nutritious?" You most people will be able to answer that question, like using yeah. the chocolate for it as a as an example. Joe, I know something that I've heard over the the years as well is that if something on the on the back of the label it has 150 ingredients in it, then clearly that's not healthy. That's clearly a processed option. And that's something that I would do when I go into a supermarket. If I'm if there's a new product in the shelf that I don't quite know, I pack it up, look at the ingredients. I see, right, there's far too many ingredients in that. I don't even understand half the words on it. So I just, I, I would put it down and I'm like, right, fair enough. Whereas the, the better options usually don't really have very many ingredients in it. What would your your opinion be on that? Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree with that because, like, obviously, more ingredients they are, the more processed it will be, tend to be, anyway. And, uh... So, again, coming back to, like, we speak all the time about nutrition, okay? We speak all the time about, like, our fitness and our mindset. And, obviously, like, i I done a, uh, an episode recently with uh, a charity called Andy's Man Club, and they have got, I believe it's over 75 branches across England, Scotland and Wales. And it's basically a, a charity where men can go in from the age of 18 upwards. They can go in, sit down, just have a, a chat over a tea or a coffee, just to open up about their how they're feeling or they're maybe struggling about things and stuff like that. So what would you say to to anybody that's listening to this in terms of being the best version of yourself or being able to deal with challenges yeah so i think just to touch on that about men um and my i find the general general consensus of men find it harder to sort of reach out for help i think that would be quite accurate 
because uh, like you said, Stefan, yourself, you're stubborn. I'd be even a wee bit stubborn. I think most men have a bit of stubbornness in them and they like to do things themselves. They feel proud of, of the fact they can do things themselves and they don't necessarily like or want to ask for help. So I think definitely, once again, that comes with time. Like men would be, I'd say, maybe willing to suffer a wee bit longer, a wee bit more than possibly a female. I'm not saying all men. But in some cases, I do that would that would be the case. Um, but I think now as times like progress, it's coming easier for men to sort of open up and reach out for help, which I think is absolutely amazing. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. I think it's it's important that obviously again that education continues to to happen because again we don't want like our our kids or like uh, our grandkids and things like that growing up and thinking that they shouldn't ask for help or they they should struggle or suffer in silence really because it, it is something that can be quite damning on your your own mental well-being and stuff as well again with everything i think it always comes back to that education and for me i, I always thought education started at school since I've I've had a, a child of my own, I've realised that education actually starts at home. Things yeah. that I've maybe done wrong in the past or I've maybe had experience with that has been had a negative impact on me. I obviously try to steer my, my daughter in a way that it, it gives her a better influence in terms of obviously maybe not making the same mistakes or learning from uh, things like that as well. So, so I want to ask you as well a bit about your childhood in Derry. Uh, I understand that your your mum is from India, but you and your brothers were born and bred in Derry. Can you tell me what it was like growing up in Derry with that Indian influence? Yeah, sure. So basically, as you say, my mum was from India. She came over here. Uh, my dad is Indian, but he was actually born here. His family came over. Um, then two brothers as well. So growing up in, in Derry, um, religion-wise and stuff, like my mum would, uh, my mum still, like she's ongoing with her religion, trying to keep it within us, because obviously I'd like to make that effort as well to continue, even though as we grew, we've grown older, me and my brothers have sort of lost interest, but I never wanted to complete, I don't want to completely lose interest, because like that's where I've come from and that's who yeah. I am. And like we used to even like, when we were younger as well, me and my brothers go to the Indian temple and, uh, Distillery Bray, I think it is, just uh, around the corner from Spencer Road. Uh, Spencer Road is called the Gudwara. We used to go there, and uh, we were like much into religion uh, when we were much younger. But we then we sort of grew out of it. But we haven't fully grown out of to the extent that we've abandoned it, if you know what I'm saying. But no, life growing up um, for most of the part fine and uh, amazing experience. Obviously, I think it's pretty cool having like again that different sort of culture. Uh, like obviously you, you understand a different culture and things like that and I think again you obviously have had different elements of education there from growing up in Derry but obviously that and then influence as well and I think that is very powerful because the, the more we're educated obviously the more open-minded we are about things as well and obviously the the more you're going to be wanting to try and help others so I, th- I think like for, for me personally growing up in Derry as well being a Catholic and obviously like anybody that knows Northern Ireland through the, the troubles and stuff like that. I was very fortunate that I, I sort of was born at sort of the, the end of the troubles nearly. Uh, so I didn't really experience much of it, whereas like obviously family would have and things like that. But I, th- I think growing up for me, like having a different religion to some others and stuff like that and having to go to specific schools because of your religion and stuff like 
what a load of shite. <laughs> I, I'm oh. like, what a load of shite. I'm like, do you know what? People should just accept people for, for who they are and obviously just enjoy and embrace people. Like, can you tell me, have you ever experienced like any forms of racism or anything like that growing up in Derry? Yeah, so um, basically, I'll just when I was a bit younger, actually, in high school, I went to Lumber Valley High School, and as you say about like that, that was mainly predominantly a Protestant school, and obviously some areas was beside it. Um, <laughs> they chucked stones at each other over the fences. I took no part in that, but you do silly stuff when you're younger. It wasn't me doing it; it was I was just watching. Um, but um, yeah, I did experience actually racism on one occasion that I can really remember in high school. Um, but just want to put it out there. Obviously, it could be due to ignorance or racism. It's always like the, the minority, like the majority of people are yeah. fine. Like you said, Stephen, very open-minded. So, yeah, in high school, I don't know if it's second or third year, uh, every time I'd go from one class to another, like on a certain day or certain days, I'd always pass a guy and his friends. And I, could, I can still see the way he looks and like his appearance and stuff. And his face and stuff but like he would call me certain names as he walked past and there's no real way to avoid it but now long story short i just at the end of the day i had enough and i just went through the appropriate channels and just that got sorted and um yeah it's not nice to be like singled out and called names in any situation whether it's based on your color or not and being discriminated against and um like many situations i've been out with my brothers and dairy um, it doesn't happen now. It hasn't happened for years, mind you. When we were younger, maybe in our um, late teens, early twenties, we'd get like quite a lot of uh, racial abuse um, on nights out. So, like I'm saying, maybe some of the population that were calling us names or whatever were racist, but some were just ignorant because they're drunk. But um, it's all cool. Like I said, Stefan, it's, it's, it's helped build me and mold me into the man I am today. So. Um, like every every tale in life or everything that happens in our life, like it knocks us down and stuff, but we get back up and you have to keep getting back up and we always learn lessons from it and come back stronger. So to be honest, show thank you for sharing that because I think like one of one of the reasons that I had asked it is I'm a, a big Liverpool fan, as I know you are as well. Whoa. Uh, so like, obviously I, I follow football and football as a, a global platform for obviously many people to to help others and stuff and racism has constantly come up over the years uh in terms of obviously players being called names and stuff like that now again you you said something there really good in terms of it's either ignorance or racism and i think i would say as well comes down to a lack of education because in school, growing up and stuff like that, like there, there wasn't many people in my school that came from like different ethnic backgrounds, and obviously you don't, you, you're not educated really on this. Like I'm, I'm learning about wars in the far side of the world. I uh, when there, there's wars on my own front doorstep that obviously we're yeah. we're not learning about. And whilst I respect everybody's culture, everybody's beliefs, everybody's opinions, at the same time, it would be nice to be educated about what is going to have the most influence on your life going forward. And I think, again, watching football and hearing all the time about the like racism and stuff. So something I actually did uh, last year, before uh, it was probably before the pandemic, actually. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to name any names just due to confidentiality, but I spoke to a, a lady who 
told me a bit about her story of like uh, racism and had explained how really like that had uh, impacted her and her and her life and stuff. And for me, a lot of it came came into my sort of mind that actually, do you know what? This this does start at home really. So uh, what I did was I actually went online after that call and I, I bought my daughter uh, a number of different dolls from different like ethnicities and I bought her a couple of like little books with like different ethnicities and stuff and religions in it because do you know what I don't want my my kids growing up being like ignorant or blinded to the the type of education that I lacked when I was at school and I know a number of people that I've had this conversation with again before have said that that they've lacked in this education they've not known how to approach it and Again, how do you approach it when you hear songs and stuff like that and you see videos that are, again, constantly putting these things out there? For Again, it comes to that whole marketing. They're marketing. This is the way that you speak to people. And I think, again, come on, surely the people that are writing these things know that it comes down to the education side of it and stuff. So thank you, Show, for sharing that. that that's extremely powerful there. I really appreciate that. And again... So I understand that you and your family are Hindus. So, like, what was it like growing up as a as a Hindu? I know in Northern Ireland, a lot of the the issues. For, well, for me, obviously, again, here, here's that lack of education kicking in. But for me, growing up, it was always Catholic, Protestant, Catholic, Protestant, Catholic, Protestant. And I was nearly feared to to have a friend that was of a, a different religion because it was so bragged about. And I actually ended up getting jumped by three uh three stooges i would call them now actually so uh again i got jumped in front of my mum uh because they assumed my my religion and again then when the the police lifted them and stuff like that one of these uh guys had a, a parent of both different religions and i was like that is so fucking hypocritical but uh could you t- tell me show did you experience any like racism like that or how did you find being a hindu growing up in Derry, and that sectarianism going on there as well well see like uh in primary school once again i went to eglinton primary which i believe was predominantly protestant once again but um like i see in in primary school nothing really i didn't really hear too much about sectarianism it's like when you go to high school then and then I'm in a predominantly Protestant school and St Mary's a predominantly Catholic that like obviously in pencil cases certain people would have a red white and blue and they'd be singing songs and stuff like that so I was always very much sort of in the background I wouldn't really take part in any of that but something I seen go on like especially in high school like certain songs and stuff and like drawn on the pencil cases and things like that. Maybe now, like among us friends, like I've I've Protestant friends, I've Catholic friends. Like it doesn't matter like what color you are, or what religion you are, whether you're Catholic, Protestant, white, black, Asian, uh, Mexican, whatever. It doesn't. It just it doesn't matter if you know what I mean. I think we're in a day and age now where it's sort of maybe decreasing and there's more. Like you said, Stefan, what you do with with your daughter, like buying her books and like toys of multiple ethnicities, I think that's absolutely amazing. And I totally agree with you. Like it almost does start at home because like your parents are like molding you and telling you about the troubles and this and that. They can sort of almost 
tell you what they want you to hear and then you're going to grow up thinking whatever they've told you basically yeah so no, i totally agree with you in that aspect it's a, a lot of it is like the parents have to be held accountable to that side of things in regards to their child's behavior for sure yeah i, th- I think like for, for me the reason that i i try to do these things at home show is because i feel that the the education system is quite institutionalized still to this this very day where it's like it's very regimented you have to do x y and z you're going to end up here there or nowhere uh so again being told at school i was never going to really do much with my life and stuff and i'm the one sitting sort of saying well do you know what what a load of shite if you like because i i look back and i've achieved quite a lot with my life i'm happy with my life i'm happy with where i've i've came and Obviously, as you said, your challenges throughout life mold you into hopefully being a better person and wanting to do more for others and stuff. So, again, really, really appreciate you you saying that. So, uh, I think as well, when we're talking there about that sort of racist element, like something that I think, again, society very blinded by this. And it, like there, there's so much on racism or discrimination being against people of different color. But it, it happens every day. And like one of the, the people that I see get dogs abuse is James McLean, uh, a footballer. You see it through, like, because he he doesn't want to, to wear a poppy, people are immediately jumping on the bandwagon that this guy is X, Y, and Z. And it's like, do you know what? Leave the fella alone. He's, he's got his own belief systems. Again, he, he's not done anything to people. Like, I wouldn't go and try and force my religious beliefs on other people. That This whole malarkey with that going on and stuff. So I, I just find it frustrating because we're, we're constantly trying to say these things, but then we're, our actions are doing something completely different. So nothing's going to change if we're we're getting the education but we're not putting the sort of action in place as well to to manifest that really so where can people find you if they want they get in touch with you to to maybe speak to you or also like reach out to you to get involved with some fitness or what going forward yeah sure uh, I, I could give uh, a story if i give people a few pointers uh for january 100 percent, absolutely please be my uh, guest yeah. I'll let you know where you can find me if you have any questions or anything. So just want to give people like five tips. Um, if you follow these five tips, especially if weight loss is your goal, and like bettering yourself, getting building up your confidence and building a stronger mindset, well, these five tips, if you do them, if you do them daily, very simple tips, they will change your life. So the first tip I want to give to people is actually just about drinking, drinking more fluids. And uh, let's say two liters, and that can come in the way of like water, mainly water diet because diet mainly water anyway and like your tea counts towards your liquid intake a coffee would except for like espressos and obviously alcohol does not count <laughs> Damn. Uh, that's, that's uh that's the first tip i want to give people just to drink more liquids the second tip i want to give people is actually trying to get a bit more mobile and get a bit more active so something simple is just Start tracking your steps and aim for 5,000 to 10,000 steps per day and just gradually build that up. Um, third tip I want to give is actually replace, for people to like replace some junk food, recognize how I say some junk food and not all junk food with like fruits and vegetables. So guys, we're going to like keep our junk food in there. Obviously, we want to moderate it, moderate it a wee bit better. 
and mostly healthy nutritious food, but still fit in the food we love as well, like through the junk food. Um, the fourth tip I want to give, it, which I find is a lot of people snack loads and don't eat many meals. So what I would advise people, this isn't set in stone, it's just a wee guideline for you, is to eat three meals per day. And if you need a snack once or twice per day on top of that, that's fine. And um, just the last tip, very important, is a very underrated uh, tip is actually based on sleep. So getting your seven to nine hours sleep per night, because not sleeping like less than this, for a lot of people will have a huge impact on your energy levels, your mood, and also your appetite. Like if you don't if you don't get much sleep, you're not sleeping well enough, it's shown to have an knock-on effect on your appetite. So you will eat more calories than you would necessarily like to. And that's counterproductive, especially if you're trying to lose weight. Um, no, so that's just five tips, five real simple tips. You can even add tip one in week one, tip two in week two, tip three in week three and just build it up and habit build, habit stacking. That's what basically it is. And over the five weeks, you'll have all habits built up. And if you stick with them, it will change your life um, for good and you'll get amazing results. And um, yeah, basically people can find me on my Facebook personal profile, just show veg. So it's um, S-H-O-V-I-J. And I'm also on Instagram as well on uh, show veg fitness. Uh, fantastic show and thank you for those five tips as well going into January I feel like obviously we're at that time of the year now where most people are obviously really happy and stuff but there's obviously people out there that are struggling as well coming in this time of year they've maybe lost someone or again they, they feel like they're about to start the, the year the way they ended the last with it might be their, their nutrition uh, so I think that's five really really powerful points and also talking about that habit building as well so just very finally i've got one final question for you just before we wrap up and uh, from what you were speaking about there in regards to the five pointers that sounds to me more like it's a, a life transformation rather than a diet transformation because you were obviously speaking about sleep water intake and things like that as well could you just speak a wee bit about that yeah, it's just, it's important we sort of try and cover all angles rather than just trying to, for example, nail or eating. Like, we want to move more, we want to eat better, we want to sleep better. If we have them three fundamentals pretty much nailed down or nailed down 90% of the time, it's going to improve our, our energy levels, our moods, and who we are as a person significantly, our confidence, and, like, ideally you'll become the best version of yourself. You're working on your body. You're working on your mind and it's going to boost your confidence and energy levels as well and uh just some people will be surprised like people may still think uh oh, this won't do much but the basics work short term and long term the diet fix works temporarily and it's exactly what it is a quick fix so guys this is like what i would do with my clients these five tips but i obviously i would offer them like a personal plan the coaching accountability and support along with that but this is the types of things you need to just do most of the time guys to help change your life around uh, and every single area your body mind your confidence amazing thank you and so uh, i i always say with the the podcast be the energy you want to attract what is your your take just in a, a short paragraph there on be the energy you want to attract i think it's an amazing uh, amazing quote and uh, yeah guys most of the time the energy you're taking in the friends you have on facebook the friends you surround yourself with that's what you're going to sort of intake and that's what you're going to sort of be as well. So if you're uh, mainly um, taking a negative energy and negative stories and people are constantly talking about people, 
you're going to be sort of a negative person yourself. So that's something I want you to, what I would like people to do is actually name five people they spend most of their time with and how many out of them five people are really positive people that can help bring you up. And you'll then know then to stick with these guys or do I need to sort of maybe get out there a wee bit more and make new friends, which there's no harm in doing. Sure. It has been an absolute pleasure having you, you on. I feel like you, you've covered so much incredible points there. Lots of really powerful uh, snippets for people to take as well, just to try and help them uh, over the Christmas period and then going into the, the new year. Hope everybody enjoys. And thank you once again, show for joining me on the Higher Self Being You podcast. Well, that's it for me, everyone. Thank you again for listening today. And don't forget to download and tell your friends about the Higher Self Being You podcast. We've had some exceptional guests on to date and we've got a fantastic lineup ahead for 2022. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you generally listen to your podcast. And once again, you can get in touch via the Higher Self Being You at gmail.com email address. We're also available on Facebook and Instagram. Just type in Higher Self and you'll get some little snippets of the, the release dates and things like that as well on there. Spread the word far and wide. Today's episode was presented by me, Stefan Mullen, produced by Bruno Nicolin. Hope you remember, be the energy you want to attract. <music>